and welcome Hoosier fans to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, joined here today with my partner, Jeff Marlowe, and today we are discussing Indiana's first loss of the season when they lost to the Michigan State Spartans on the road, um, sorry, 78 to 83. Um, that takes their overall record to 12 and 1 and 2 and 1 in the conference. But let's start this way the way we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Jeff, I think for me, I'm going to go to close to the beginning of the fourth quarter where, um, you know, we were we were down going into that quarter by six and we started um, making some some nice plays there, I thought. So we had a really nice big defensive rebound that led to Garzon, who kicked it out to Sydney Parrish. who got it down to McKenzie for an and two attempt um, that went to a timeout. And that was the beginning or the end really of a seven and seven and one run when McKenzie came back in and made her free throw and tied it up 58 to 58. And the reason I like that as our banner moment is because I think it showed, you know, that our team was really tough on defense with her, their rebounds at least today. Um, and they still were pushing there, you know, even down being six, they weren't intimidated of the moment and they really kept battling. They just never seemed to be able to get past that hump. It seemed like to me, at least that five point margin seemed to be about where Michigan state kind of hung around for most of that second half. So to me though, I think that was great. And it also highlighted, I think a, a career, um, game that we had for McKinsey, which I'm sure we're bound to discuss later on here in our episode. So for me, that was today's banner moment. Um, as always, our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools already in their existing line. So you're bound to find something for you or as a gift for any of your friends and loved ones, even if it maybe is a belated holiday gift going, going away from our holiday season. But whether you want IU gear, other college teams, or really nothing associated with a team, Homefield probably has something for you. And you can go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off of your entire first order. Again, that promo code is HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off. That website, once more, is homefieldapparel.com. We're one for the team. All right, and now it is time for Coach's Corner, where we're going to kick it over to Jeff for his initial thoughts on the game or really anything else that maybe is on your mind today. Jeff, what do you have for us? You're muted, by the way. Sorry, sorry. Can I do a rant? When you lose your first game of the year, I, I don't just think it necessarily deserves a rant, but I am going to come out and, and say that I felt like we, for the most part, I felt like we got outplayed for the for the entire game. Um, I, I felt like the focus was better by Michigan State. I, I felt like they played with a better sense of urgency uh, th than we did. And, and I'm going to go right to the thing. And to me, what's, where this shows up is 21 turnovers. You, you can, even against a, a mid-tier team in the Big Ten, you can't go on the road and, and beat them with 21 turnovers. And some of the turnovers were just lazy. They weren't focused. They, I don't know, a couple of them, I'm not sure where they were throwing it to because you could see the Michigan State defender between them and the person they were trying to throw to. So I, I, to me, uh, I, I'm sure the overall theme of the day outside of Mac is, is going to be the turnovers. But that's where I'm going to go to because I just felt like that. It just – and you and I had texted before the game that you really felt that this was a game that was, you know, worrying you a little bit. And I was like, well, they, you know, we've you know been some times we haven't played well against them. But – I felt like we would be in pretty good shape, but I didn't think we'd turn it over 21 times. So I, I, I just really felt like that to me as a coach, former coach, that's, that's kind of a telltale sign that either I hate to say unprepared because I didn't, I, I think they probably were prepared, but they weren't focused and they weren't ready. And maybe the early start at two o'clock a, a central time start and maybe got to them a little bit, but it just, I don't have any real good answers for why we went up and, and, and turned it over 21 times. And to me, that really is where the loss is. 
Yeah, I, I agree with all of that, Jeff. Um, and we'll get into what went as expected and what was really kind of surprising us here in a minute. Um, but, you know, we had a couple of career nights for sure tonight. One um, good and one really bad. And the the 21 turnovers and, and maybe career is probably not the right word, but really the season high, our, our season high in turnovers came earlier in the year when we played Bowling Green when they had 18 turnovers. Uh, so 21 was absolutely a season high. And that's right around where Michigan State definitely forces their opponents on their average for the year is 21. I just didn't expect that we would have that. Uh, we, we all knew, we talked about it when we pre previewed Michigan State, how they like to press, how they, they really like to turn over, turn over their opponents. So I agree with you. I don't feel like, and I even said this to my husband as we were watching the game, I didn't feel like it was Coach Morin and her staff not having the team prepared because that was just so blatantly obvious of what Michigan State's game plan was. To me, I think it was exactly what you said in hitting the nail on the head, which was a lack of focus and a lack of execution by the majority of our team today. So I, I absolutely agree with 100% of what you said. But um, how about we go ahead and talk about the what went as expected and maybe we can find some good positives that came out of this. So Jeff, what do you have first on your list? Well, I'm going to kind of start here. I'm going to avoid the, the McKenzie Holmes subject. I think we're going to come back to her a little bit later in the show. Uh, but the, the sad part about this, Kathy, is as expected, we shot pretty well. This is a team that nine, you know, game in, game out, shoots the ball fairly well. And we lost, shot 58.5%. We shot, you know, 58.5% and we lost. If you would have told me we were going to go on the road and shoot 58.5%, I'd be like, give me that Done. that's a win that's yeah. a win um we were only three for 12 on three but again i thought you know didn't maybe shoot as many as we could have early but again we were turning it over so at such a high rate um uh with that so but i mean we shot you know shot like we to a certain degree like we typically do in fact probably above our season average but still came away with an L. Yep. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you shoot 100% and still lose, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, really pleased, at least with our inside presence. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into some details of it when we get to the numbers. But, you know, we played them even on in, in points in the paint. And so, you know, that was that was something I kind of expected. Um, yeah, I had the main being expected as Mackenzie Holmes and will, I am sure, quite sure. We'll talk about her later. So I will also not get into anything there, but yeah, you were, you also hit the one that one is expected, which was really just good shooting. The other thing, I guess, and I sort of touched on this in my banner moment, no matter what the score was, our, our women didn't give up. And that is definitely still something that I've come to expect it. Now it didn't come out in their favor this time, but you know, they were still battling with, you know, 19 seconds to go where they're fouling and trying to score. And, you know, it just wasn't, um, they just weren't clicking on all cylinders today and it didn't quite go their way any other as expected points you want to talk through no i don't i think i was about really the only one i wanted to mention at this point all right well i'll move on to surprises there might be a few more on that side i think um yeah i think i'll just go ahead and, and continue talking again because it's i think the theme of today which is just the turnovers that was just very surprising to me again i I knew Michigan State turned over their opponent on a fairly high basis. Um, I just didn't expect us to fall into that trap because of how seasons our team seems to have been for the most part. They've been really well poised in a lot of these games. Um, the other thing that really bothered me, though, is that not only did we have the turnovers, they just we just seemed to let them turn it into points off of turnovers. They scored 28 points off of those turnovers to our 11 points off of the turnovers. And that to me was very surprising with that big of a margin, especially us hanging generally our defense, our, our, our hat on our defense. But what about you? What kind of surprise do you have? Well, I'll back that up a little bit with the points. Off, you know, they were plus 17, as you said, on points off turnovers. But when you're getting a lot of live ball turnovers like we did today, it's going to lead to that. The defense has a harder time uh, matching up in the transition. And, and we really struggled in the first half um, I thought with uh, with uh, matching up and having a good idea of what we're going to do with the McDaniel girl, because um, I really thought she kind of got them going in the first half and in the second half, the others really started to chip in as well. Uh, for me, I'm going to talk about Sarah Scalia right here. Sarah Scalia, um, in the first half, zero points, four turnovers. Uh, was struggling a little bit on the defensive end as well, and then all, and then but you know, and then the second half really did not play a whole lot better. Um, she ended up with four points. 
um, but she uh, and and one assist. But she also is she, she at least oh, she cut down the turnovers. She only had five. But this is the third or fourth straight game now where we've really had to talk about uh, Sarah Scalia really not bringing what at least what she you know her role coming in was, which was to be primarily a three point shooter scorer, and and she's really struggled. And so um, that to me is a surprise, and it also may be a, a, a kind of a preview of a lingering question that we need to talk a little bit about. But I just really feel like not only did, you know, Sarah kind of, and just, she's not the only one, by the way, I don't want anybody to think I'm just pointing at her because there were a lot of people today who did not pull weight, but this has been <laughs> yeah. more, this has been more than a one game trip to East Lansing where Sarah has really struggled. Yeah, I agree. I had Sarah written down as, as my surprise, one of my surprises as well, even though you and I have talked about this in the past couple of shows, we we started, especially in the last one, really starting to talk about how it seems Sarah's been off. She doesn't seem to have her confidence on the shooting side. Today, what I also saw, I just felt like she got beat a lot on the defensive side, too. And so now it feels like whatever is going on with her uh, mentally or, or whatever is going on in her life, perhaps it's affecting her. Because, again, we have to remember, you know, they're human as well. We don't know a tenth of what's going on in their lives. So you know, we're not here to judge them in terms of um, that type of um, things going on, but it, it is interesting. And I hope that whatever it is, the coaching staff can help her work through it because it seems like now Sarah's being affected on both sides of the ball. Uh, and yes, to your point though, it wasn't just Sarah uh, that we need to point to, you know, to get to 21 turnovers with only one player <laughs> not contributing or contributing too much in that, that perspective. Um, I think for me, I'll continue on with one other surprise. And uh, I was actually kind of surprised at our defensive effort today. I thought McDaniels in particular, who I know is their leading scorer going in, she averages 14 points a game that we ended up allowing her to score 24 in, in this game, you know, is 13 in the first half and then another 11 in that second half. And it just didn't seem like we had any answer for stopping her on that curl around that free throw line and then driving the ball in on us. And I was a little surprised at that, but then as well allowing you know as many points now again i understand you know they had 83 points and quite a few of those came at the end when we were fouling them totally understand that but you know that's right around michigan state's average and you know for the most part i don't think we've been allowing many teams to score near their team average so i was a little surprised at our team defensive effort today but what are your thoughts on our defense today uh, it, it wasn't a good defensive effort. I mean, and, and I kind of will go back to one that you pointed out to me. That's not, that's as a surprise because I don't think it's a positive. And that's the fact that we, we allowed them to have 48 points in the paint, you know, and, and, and I would have thought that would have been an area that we would have had an edge without McKenzie Holmes. Even I just felt like we would have had an edge on that in, in that part of the game. And so to be even on points in the paint, that tells you a little bit about the defense. We allowed way too much of McDaniel and others to get into the lane and where they were able to knock down shots. And, and it just seemed like the other thing too, I think what we've come Kathy over the year plus we've done this show and, and, and over the last two, three years of, of, of us watching this team that um, or this program that we just kind of like, okay, don't make their move. And, and you felt like when it got back to 58, 58, 60, 60 in the first, in the fourth quarter, it's like, Okay, they're going to figure out a way to get over the hump and win this one. But every time Michigan State had an answer, and, and kudos to them. And, and I really felt like maybe the big play was uh, the three-pointer in the corner because that took it back from a four-point game back out to seven and, and, and time was – Yeah, and with the foul. But that – it just was – the time was becoming yeah. of the essence a little bit there as well. But, um, you know, so those – Again, I, I just was not a good day for them, and 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 I know we're going to talk a little bit more about some you know and things and lingering questions, I'm sure, but um, we just really have got to we've got to do a little better job of matching up defensively and 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 just getting down and moving and 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 defense on defense is primarily not necessarily always about talent; it's about desire and hustle, and and you can overcome some of that if you are locked into what you're what your game plan is, what the sky report is. And that's what I, I just felt like we lost. But we just didn't have focus today, uh, at least the focus we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have any other surprises on your list? No, I was, that was about it for me. Okay. The only other one I thought maybe we could talk through 
was Chloe Moore McNeil. I was a little surprised. She also got bit by that turnover bug and we haven't really seen that from her. And, you know, she had four today. And that's one thing I thought in particular, this game, it leads me into another thought. And you tell me if you agree outside of the Illinois game, I think this really is a game. Grace's um, not being with us was really felt and and Chloe really seemed to get sped up and she had some some of those turnover bugs bite her as well where we haven't seen that from Chloe I felt that for the most part she's been stepping into that point guard role pretty well until this game in particular but what are your thoughts on Chloe and or um, Grace's absence well I, I you and I agree a little bit about the on the absence of Grace but we're not getting her probably back any time in the next week or so so if we do get her back yep. it's probably going to be mid-January end of January but um, the other part about that is, you know, even though it wasn't a conference game, the last game we played, uh, Chloe struggled with the turnover bug a little bit. She, you know, she had commended that game, I think, with 10 or 11 for the year and had three or four in that game. Now she ends up with four in this game. And I thought you're right. I thought it was, you know, sped up a little bit. And I, and I think that that's also one of those things where, as you talk about, she's not a natural point guard. She's at, she's being asked to run a play a, a run a role that she's not natural at, and she's done pretty well at overall. I thought the, one of the telltale signs there today was uh, Michigan State got a 10 second count on us in in, in the second half um, when we you know we didn't get the ball across the timeline, um, and that's just that's there's somebody on the floor who needs to take charge and 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 be able to get that and not let that happen, and and that was missing today. Um, and obviously Grace was going to be that person that we were going to count on to make plays, to get people in the right place. But if and when she does come back, this team may be, you know, at least have a little better identity of who they are and what they can do when they have to be asked to, you know, to step into different roles. But right now, um, I say I'm not trying to get overly worked up about one loss, but I'm just sure this is a game that we all kind of thought on paper at the beginning of the season that we were going to go up to East Lansing and win. Right. Absolutely. I agree. You know, we didn't expect them to go undefeated for the whole year. So we knew this was coming. Same. I didn't quite expect it. Um, all right. Well, how about we go ahead and jump into the numbers? I know we've been talking about them intermittently here, but let's really dive into them. So do you want to start start us off, Jeff? Do you want to go team or individual? I'll let you pick whatever you really want to talk about. You Wait, turnovers? Is that a issue today? Yeah, turnovers. And, and again, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, we had our three primary ball handlers had 13 turnovers between them. Chloe Yarden and, and Sarah Scalia had 13, 14, yeah. had, yeah. thir had 13 turnovers between them. And, and so that's, you know, that to me was, you know, and, and, and Yarden's a freshman, I get that, but she can't have, you know, five turnovers uh, uh, to, along with the 17 points. She's got to do a better job of being able to take care of the ball. Um, and, and especially with this group right now, because she may be the one, that really could be in Grace's absence could be, you know, somebody that can move the ball a little bit more and take some of that load off of, of a, um, a, a Coley Moore McNeil. And, and I think that really would help overall. The other thing too, I think also I'm going to point out here, Kathy, I'm going to piggyback off of that is something you talked a little bit about earlier, just in terms of numbers is that they outscored us 20 to four from the bench. The bench play was really, we got really nothing from the bench today, yeah. obviously, but we didn't use the bench in the second half. And that, yes. and that, that uh, Hannah Sandvik played quite a bit in the first half. Alyssa Geary played quite a bit in the first half. We saw Alex, Alexis Bargesser uh, in the first half. We saw very little of them in the second half. And, and, I, yeah. and I just kind of like where Coach Warren wanted to kind of go back to the kind of the five or six that she trusts. But in a game like this, I think you have to be able to have a little more depth and be able to, you know, because you didn't have anything working. There was no combination, in my opinion, there was no combination that was working that you're like, I'm going to stay with that group. And so you just kind of keep trying to find a combination that is working. And that's where I think you got to keep kind of moving people in and out and, until you find one that does click because they didn't find it today. Yeah, I, I agree, Jeff. So, um, yeah, so you mentioned we actually had 14 turnovers because Chloe got um, – contributed another one late there in the game. But uh, yeah, we, we, to your point, Sandvik had five minutes, Geary had four. And then I looked up in the second half, Geary didn't play at all. And Sandvik played less than one minute. So really, really just the only person in that bench play um, that came in off of the bench was Bargasser in that, that second half. Uh, and so I, I agree. I think that was, um, it's something we just, and it just seems to have been the last, 
few seasons in particular, we've really been talking about it and it, it, it reared its head on us again. Um, as, in terms of an overall team number, I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit. And we've mentioned it a little is the three point shooting. I just thought the volume at three point shots at only 12 and then only making three of those 12. Um, for 25% just was, you know, not something that we need to have on the road. I think 12 points or 12 field goals attempts even just really didn't quite open things up. Although, you know, McKenzie was doing a really fantastic job, which I'm sure in the next segment we'll get into McKenzie more. I just think that 12 field goals, three point field goals was probably not quite enough for this team to take. But um, what are your thoughts on on that number? Well, I mentioned earlier, I, I would like to, I, I think that number needs to be up closer to 18 or 20 for the game. Uh, again, Yarden Garzon is shooting over 50% from beyond the arc and she only shot four. And, 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 and a couple of those came late. One that she hit and one that she, I think, airballed or barely grazed the rim on. So why isn't she looking for a little bit more of that? And that's not on the coaches after me, that's on the player. That should be able to come out of the flow a little better for the player to find that as well. And so I thought that I, I I didn't think 12 was enough, but three for 12 is obviously not a good number either. But um, it, it's almost like they kind of reverted back. And you know, again, in some of the losses we've talked about in the year plus that we've done doing the work, Kathy, it's kind of where we get to where they don't shoot very many threes. They're not shooting a good percentage on the threes when the, that they are shooting. They don't shoot very many. And they kind of get where they're trying. They're almost a mid-range team, except for McKenzie. And I thought that kind of showed up today as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, what other stats do you want to talk about today in terms of the numbers? Um, well, I, let's put it, you know, you, you brought up Lexi. We talked about Lexi Bargesser a little bit. Uh, 15 minutes, four points. In fact, she had the only four points off the bench. And again, plus minus is sometimes a flawed stab, but she was plus three on a team that didn't have very many people who were plus uh, today, obviously. But Lexi Bargesser in 15 minutes was a plus three. Um that she only had one turnover. She had a steal. She had a block. Um, so, you know, I think she's going to, she's showing that she continues to uh, be earning minutes and to get more minutes. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I thought um, Lexi was really good. Only, only one turnover for her. So <laughs> she was uh, definitely on the low end of those that had double digit minutes for us today. Um so the other thing I just want to make sure we point out, you know, is that we did have four players in, in double figures. So we had uh, Garzon, Chloe Moore, McNeil, Sydney Parrish, and McKenzie all scored double digits. So, you know, again, it would, to your point, 58% field goal percentage and, and putting up 78 points absolutely really wasn't the problem. The problem, again, in my opinion, there were two main things, keeping a hold of the ball turnovers and then allowing points off of them as well as our, our defense. But, um, the only other thing but, I think, yeah, go ahead. I would say that though, but, but, but two of those were relatively late to double figures. I mean, they came in as we were trying to, you know, score and foul. So for most of that, for most of the game, we had one person in double figures, Mackenzie Holmes. And for, and then Yarden got going in the fourth quarter and got into double figures. So, but you know, it really was. There was not much help on the offensive end. If you want to kind of get, get, bridge this in with surprises, the fact that there wasn't a lot of offensive um, balance today, I know it showed. It looks like it showed up that way, but there really was not much offensive balance if you watch the game through the first three and a half quarters. Yep. Yep, that's exactly exactly where I was going. But most Sorry. of it came in that fourth quarter. That's all right. It's nice that we're making the same point. Um, <laughs> So it's good. Yeah. And we already touched on all the three point shooting. The other thing to back to defensive when we, you know, probably have hammered this nail in enough, but I think if I remember uh, with my memory here that Michigan state usually only has McDaniels and Eck averaging in double figures and they had four today. So I think that was also just, just something that kind of backs up our, our feeling, if you will, that, that visceral feeling of um, our defense just wasn't on point to where we normally see it. Um, any other numbers you want to talk about in this segment? Um, I will say this from a positive this, standpoint. They went to the free throw line. They were 13 of 17, so 76 and a half percent. You know, again, this is a team that in the past, when they, when they have struggled with the free throw line, it's, that's been another thing. It's kind of come back to bite them in games like the, like this one today. That wasn't the case. They hit their free throws when they got to the line for the most part. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, didn't seem like we had as many assists. Um, Chloe had seven, which was fantastic. And Garzon had six. But outside of that, we only had six other assists from the rest of the team. So I didn't feel like they were quite sharing the ball as much as we, we've seen them uh, earlier in the season as well. And for a team that was, and for a team that was, and for a team that was one of the best in the country in assist to turnover ratio, they were negative to or or below one to one. They they yeah. had nineteen assists to twenty one turnovers. So that tells you a little bit about how the game was going. Yep, great. Or a lot about how the game was going. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, okay, anything else inside the numbers? I think those are the numbers I wanted to talk about, Kathy. Same for me. Yep, same for me. Great. All right. Well, with that um, kickoff from Bob Thompson, we'll transition into the game ball. I think this one will go pretty quickly and pretty unanimous, but, you know, we will we'll make it official here. And you can see on the bottom of the screen, Jeff has got it scrolling up. If you're watching on YouTube, Holmes is uh, right now got seven game balls, Sydney Parrish two, Garzon two and Grace Berger with one. But uh, Jeff, who's your game ball winner today? Well, I, shocker that I, I'm going to go with the kid that scored a ton and had a double-double. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes, 32 points, a career high, 32 points, 12 of 17, which, again, is part of the reason maybe you weren't shooting so many threes. Mac was 12 for 17. Um, eight of 10 at the line, 12 rebounds, um, and she had one block and one steal. So Mackenzie Holmes for me for the game ball. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty no-brainer. You know, not only did she have a career uh, high-end point, she also had her 12 rebounds with the double-double. In fact, I'm pretty sure I looked at Sean, my husband, at around halftime, and I said, you know what? Mackenzie's going to mess around here and get, an get another double-double. And sure enough, there she goes. And uh, yeah, this is her fourth double-double of the year. Um, the other thing, and we've talked about the last couple of episodes on talking about some of the games earlier on, she seemed to have um, what I like calling happy feet, where she'd catch that ball and kind of shuffle her feet. And I thought she had really fantastic footwork today as well. You know, she had two turnovers, but I don't think, or excuse me, she um, had yeah two turnovers. I don't think either one of those were from travels that we had seen earlier in the year. So um, this was definitely an easy um, game ball to pick out, in my opinion, as well. So that takes her up to eight now. So congratulations to McKenzie. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and move on to the Hoosier Hustle Award. Again, you can see that scrolling at the bottom of the, the YouTube screen if you're watching on YouTube. But Chloe Moore McNeil right now and Sydney Parrish both have three and a half game balls leading us. And then Berger, um, Caitlin Peterson, Alyssa Geary, uh, Meister, and Bargasser all um, have won. So, you know, that's kind of neat, uh, you know, looking back at that as the season has progressed. It talks a lot about how when we've needed different players to step up, we have. Um, but what are you thinking today for Hoosier Hustle Award? It's a little harder, Ooh. I think. Yeah, it is a little harder. And, and, and this is one that I'm probably violating a little bit of my own moral, you know, or my own principle here a little bit. But I, I'm going to go with Yarden Garzon here for the hustle award. Um, the 17 points. She did have three rebounds. She had six assists. She had two blocks. The, obviously the negative, the big glaring negative for her was the five turnovers that they had her for officially on, on the Michigan state website. So, but I'm going to go with Yarden because at least, you know, for most of the game, she was giving some help um, to, to Mac. And, and, and I just felt like, you know, this is one of the, almost one of those Kathy, I'm like, you know, do we really need a hustle award today? But <laughs> I, I'm going to go with, Gar I'm going to go with Yarden. Yeah, I, I think so too, Jeff. I mean, it was hard, especially, you know, it's a good thing they, they play a full game because if you would have asked me at halftime, I don't think I would have been able to pick anyone outside of McKinsey. I felt was playing very well. I think Chloe Moore McNeil really, you know, calmed down and some in the second half still with four turnovers, not what we need. Again, I get it. She's not meant to have been our point guard coming into the season, but that's where she is right now. And if you're going to play 39 minutes for us, I'm hoping we can, um, you know, cut back on the turnovers. Um, I thought Sydney Parrish was okay. You know, she ended up with 10 points, but she ended up with um, five five fouls and really kind of fouled out at a point in time where I I really felt the team needed her to be out there on the floor. She was somebody that could be a three-point threat. So, you know, it kind of fell short for me with, with Sydney as well. So I actually landed on Garzone as well when I was writing down my notes. So we'll make it unanimous with that. I thought um, that fourth quarter in particular, Garzone really stepped up. It seemed like 
you know, the team was starting to target her more and she ended up with 17 points. And in terms of the turnover, she did have five, but, you know, uh, so did, uh, you know, five from Sarah and four from Chloe as well. Four of those came in the first half. So at least, you know, she seemed to have cleaned it up in that second half. The other thing I liked about Garzon today is something, you know, we were talking about very early on in the season, which is the opposite of what we saw from Sydney today is her propensity to foul. Mm -hmm. And today, again, she ended up with only three fouls. Um, which I think, again, is, is just a good testament to somebody who's so young coming in and really learning to play um, college basketball over here in the States, you know. So I, I liked her game um, in that second half in particular, you know, so she came up, you know, with a, a three-pointer there in that second half. So for me, yeah, Garzon will get that game ball as well. Um, so that is, I believe, her first Hoosier Hustle Award for the season. So, Jeff, I think... With that, we are going to go ahead um, and transition a little bit into lingering questions. So um, our first road game, or excuse me, our first um, loss of the season, of course, is going to probably put a whole lot of questions for us. But uh, what's your first one? Well, I, I, and I know Ari's been pointing pointing out here in the chataholics or with the workaholics, I should say, the workaholics are you know, that you know he was watching Coach Moran's post game and and she talked about the turnovers and that they got to get that fixed. And I think they will to a certain degree, um, but it is a little bit of an issue until they get it figured out. It be, it's a lingering question of can they overcome the number of turnovers that they're right now having a propensity for and still win against some of the better teams they're going to see. Uh, you know, Nebraska on Monday, or excuse me, on Sunday is not going to be an easy game. Um, the Northwestern, again, you know, it's a Big Ten game. There, it's a, you know, until you go out there and show that you're going to beat them, I'm never counting. I don't try to get too, you know, like, oh, that's a definite 100% win. Um, but then also they got Maryland coming up. And, and so um, you got to get the turnovers at least under control a little bit. I know you're not having the kid that you thought was the player that you thought was going to be your primary ball handler, the kid who was going to be making the best decisions, but you can't have 21 turnovers. You can't have the 18 or 17 that we had the other day um, last week when we played um, was it Moorhead Bowling Green, Bowling Green. Yeah, yeah, and so you just you just um, you just you know got it. That to me is the lingering question: Can we get the turnovers under control enough to where now you have another seven, eight possessions? when you're shooting above 50% that you're going to score on. Yeah, um, I agree. That's obviously the number one question because, again, this wasn't like this was the first time we've seen this from the team. You've mentioned Bowling Green. I don't remember which other game, but there was a game before Bowling Green. We kind of talked about the turnovers kind of getting a little out of control as well. And so, and it seems to come from kind of a bunch of players, like just a, a few rather, you know, two or three. And it seems like two or three of them get the turnover bug. We had that earlier with McKenzie where she, you know, had five or six in a couple of games in a row and then she's fixed it. Garzon fixed her foul problem. Now she's turning the ball over. Scalia's now gotten, gotten into her, you know, mentally in her head, you know, can't shoot. And, and she's turning the ball over and that, that, that travel late in the game just was, that was just so. Of course, not that we saw yeah. it live because BTN right. Plus was running a replay. <laughs> that camera work was neat. Um, <laughs> but yes, we won't talk about Big Ten Plus and their stellar, as always, production level. But anyway, yes, I agree with that lingering question. Um, the other one is to kind of go into Sarah Scalia some more. Like, can yeah. she fix what's going on mentally? Because we need her. She clearly can shoot the ball and she just needs to remember that she can shoot the ball and, and that she's, she's really actually a good all around player and that she didn't come down here solely to shoot three pointers. And I know that's why she was mainly brought in is to help bolster our three point shooting. But coach Morin has been very public about saying that she does not recruit any players, freshmen or transfers to come to Indiana without them knowing and understanding that defense is our number one priority. And I, I know Sarah knows that. And I, we knew that that was going to be a stretch for her, but if you know, that's what's causing her to get a little, you know, out of her confidence because she's now more focused on defense and it's making her distracted from the offensive end. I'm not sure. One thing I do believe, I believe that the coaching staff can help her through that. So mm -hmm. that's my, um, one of my big lingering questions is can Sarah get out of whatever funk she's had? Because we just, without grace in particular, we are not a deep enough team that um, we can afford to lose somebody again, even though this is, this time is to injury, but 
What else do you have? Well, I'm going to extend off that. And again, with one loss, I may not, you may not see it, but with the way she's played over the last three, four, if you really might maybe even stretch out to five games now, do you put Alexi Bardesser in the lineup and let Sarah come off the bench and maybe see, kind of watch the game in front of her? I'm not looking at it as like a demotion and, and a doghouse type situation, but sometimes a player who's struggling with confidence, and co- according to Coach Morin in the post game, she even flat out said that, uh, according to Ari's comments in the workaholics, that Sarah has lost some confidence and so in her sh- and, and stuff. So sometimes it's it, you get a little better feeling of the game as you kind of watch it for two, three minutes in a college game, I would assume, and maybe three, four minutes. And then you come in and you don't feel like it's all on you as part of that starting unit. So that'll be one of the things I'll be interested to see. And I doubt that she does because we know Coach Moore is pretty loyal to the group that she has in terms of whatever, whoever her starters have been over the years. We've rarely seen her just change a lineup for the change sake. It's been because somebody's hurt, sick, whatever. Um, so I'll be, I, I really would be surprised if she does, but uh, it would be something that I would be interested to see and say, you know, give Lexi Vargas or another few minutes and, and let Sarah at least for a game or two come off the bench and, and, and kind of get a flow going off the bench and see if she can bring something from the bench. As we mentioned, we only got four points off the bench. All right. So maybe she could come in off the bench and now she scores 10, 12, 15 points and our bench production looks a whole lot better. So uh, but that would be a part of that. I, 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 that would be one of my things with that as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I, you know, and you tell me if this is wrong, but if you have a player that is having a confidence problem, as it seems that, that Sarah is, I, I don't know that the answer is then to take her out of the starting lineup. Um, that to me might feel it actually might hurt more than, than it helps. I, maybe not, maybe, you know, it depends on the player and how they respond. And, you know, maybe they respond to that kind of, you know, um, move, but I, I, I wonder about that again. I'm not coached, but you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that would potentially make things worse or is it really more player dependent on how they handle this, the situation? Well, two things, actually maybe three things. One, it's player dependent in, in, in terms of you got to know your team, got to know your players, but it also goes also just to your philosophy. I mean, like when I was coaching, my players knew that, that I, I was going to change lineups if I felt like we needed to do something, whether it was just juggling the lineup, whether I was uh, un, unhappy with the way somebody was playing. Um, but, it, and then the third thing here, you kind of go along with that um, is, um, is that you just got to, besides knowing your team, just you, sometimes you do it to, to give them a little jump start. Like, Oh, you know, Bob Knight once said, "Bench is the greatest motivator in the world." And 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 sometimes you can, you know, the flip side of that is sometimes your starters get comfortable because they're like, "I'm going to start because I'm coach is going to stick with the lineup." So so it, it, again, it's really dependent on knowing your team and knowing your players, and you have to have those conversations. But I think the other thing that will help her immensely. She just has to, you know, you, and you can only really get your confidence back on your own. Now, I'm one who thinks coach do, do believe coaches can give some confidence. But that's, you know, they're working with him. They keep telling her, hey, when you're open, shoot it. But she's got to get in the gym. And I'm sure she is. But she's got to get in the cook hall. She's got to get in there and get shots up. The only way you get your confidence back is to keep shooting and, and, and keep playing. But she's got to get uh, – right now, as you talked about, we've talked about focus was a pro- was an issue today for all of them for the most part. And yeah. maybe didn't have that problem. But the focus part just really was lacking on the team today. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't have any other lingering, question, lingering questions to talk about. How about you? I don't either. All right. Anything else in general about this game before we, you know, call it done and dusted and we'll move on to the next? Done, dusted, as you said, and we'll and we'll get ready for the next one. And, and, and you know, we, we always used to talk about um, you can't let it kind of linger, you know, use that to segue. Can't let it linger. You can't let this one affect your next one. You right. got to put it away. You got to put it in the rearview mirror. You got to put it, you know, you learn from it, but you got to forget it too and move on to Sunday and get ready for Nebraska. Yep, I agree. And I think the coaching staff's philosophy, yeah. at least that we've heard, is you get 24 hours. You get 24 hours to be excited about the win, 24 hours to um, be mad and pissed off about the loss. And after that, you know what? It's in the banks. So let's learn from it and move on. So, um, well, with that, 
let's go ahead and preview our next opponent, um, which is Nebraska at home. So Jeff, I'll kick it off here a little bit with just some of the history that we have with Nebraska, and then I'll turn it over to you to kind of um, jump into some more specifics. So um, just real quick, IU is 10 and six right now against Nebraska. So that game is going to be in Bloomington and they are six and two, Indiana is six and two in Bloomington. Um, Last year, we split our games with Nebraska. So each team won respectively um, their home game. Um, and then real quick on Nebraska, they are currently 10 and four overall and two and one, the big 10, they just lost last night to Michigan at home, 76 to 59. Their two conference wins are over Maryland on the road at Maryland, 90 to 67. And then they um, won at home against Wisconsin, 82 to 54. Um, so Jeff, what do you, do you want to talk to us about with Nebraska? Well, and before last night, the Cornhuskers were averaging 73, 74 points a game while holding their opponents to 60 a game. So they were, and they were plus five in rebounding. They aren't shooting it as, as well as you might think for a team that's 10 4. They're only shooting 43% from the field, 36% from three, though, probably makes up for some of that. They're holding opponents to 36% from the field and 32% on threes, forcing, and this may be the one key, one of the huge keys on Sunday, they're forcing 16 turnovers a game, but they commit 15 turnovers a game. So that, that'll be interesting to see. Um, Jazz Shelley leads them with 15 and a half points a game. Alexis Markowski at 6'3 senior. Um, excuse me, 6'3 center, chips in 13.6. So they have two other players averaging double figures as well. Markowski leads the team in rebounds at just under 10 at 9.8 and just over a block. The interesting one here, Kathy, I want to kind of get your thoughts, is we thought that Sam Haby, their fourth leading scorer from last year and somebody who gave us fits last year, uh, was expected to be out the season with an injury, has now come back and is playing big brace, but she's played three games. She's averaged about 13 minutes a game. And I imagine that's what we'll see Sundays around that same number, maybe 15, 16. They might get it up a little bit. Averaging about five points a game for Coach Amy Williams in her seventh season. But what do you make of Haby coming back? Yeah, I was really surprised when, when you know, I think Ari had kind of told us about that. I hadn't realized she was back. And I honestly, I wasn't be- – I wasn't looking for her to come back because that's what Nebraska actually came out and it said was that she was not going to be playing this year. So not only to see her playing again, but to see her playing in December um, was really surprising to me. So uh, I wonder if that hopefully, you know, good for her. That means maybe her injury wasn't quite as bad and it didn't warrant surgery. So I was just really surprised to hear that she's back. So it'll be really interesting. I don't know for the game on Sunday that we'll see, as you mentioned, much more of her. But I wonder as the year goes on, if she's able to continue rehabbing and um, fixing her knee with whatever injury she had, if we start seeing that become more of um, a contributing factor for Nebraska as they move deeper into the season. So that's something to watch. Not so much, I think, for our game Sunday, but more of a big season. How does that impact Nebraska the rest of the year? And and. And a really good point. And let's face it, you mentioned you mentioned in the previous first part of the preview, they have one of the best wins of the Big Ten so far when they went to Maryland and just destroyed them. And, yeah. You know, beat them by you know beat them by twenty. And it really, it, to a certain degree, wasn't that close. They they really were in control of that game pretty much from you know tip to get to tip to end. Um, but then they turn around and pretty much get handled last night at home by Michigan, who, again, maybe Michigan's a little bit better than we thought they were going to be. I mean, they right now are undefeated in the league. And so, you know, maybe we underestimated them a little bit. But this is a team that we struggled with a little bit last year. And then part of that was because their post players really hurt us. So I think that'll be interesting to see how we do Saturday. uh, Excuse me, I keep saying Saturday. Sunday against uh, Nebraska and and some of their post players. Now, Haby being hurt will definitely make a little bit of a difference. But last year, Haby, Markowski, really, we really struggled yeah. with them. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it, to, to your point, I think the the turnovers is something back to our lingering question. Is this going to become a theme for our team or can, you know, the coaching staff help, um, mm-hmm. help the players reel that in because you're going up against now another team who forces a, a large number of, of turnovers at 16. Uh, it, you know, hopefully we can get back down to our closer, at least average or goal that we have the 12 turnovers. But I think that turnover margin is, and not just the turnovers, but how many points it leads to for both teams, the points off a of turnover margin, I think is going to be really key in my opinion for this game. Um, and can we get our three point shooting and, you know, back to, to where it is? 
keeping the team down to 36% as Nebraska does might not be the best team to be able to do that in, but at least we're going to be at home. So hopefully we're a little more comfortable. So can we use this as, you know, Quang is saying it sucks. We lost, but can we use this to motivate us? We knew we weren't going to go undefeated all year. So hopefully this will give them a lot of good film to look on on things that they can clean up. And, you know, one thing we will mention here that that game on Sunday is one o'clock Eastern 12 central and that game is on ESPN, so everybody can watch that game if they want to instead of having to have a BTM Plus subscription. But let's also bring in here real quick, Kathy, we, and, and we haven't talked a lot about the league, but it was reported last night that, uh, that the green girl from Ohio State looks like she's out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, J.C. Sheldon has been out with a lower leg injury that they are describing as week to week. Um, so there's others in the league who are battling through some injuries at top of the league, like Indiana is with Grace Berger. And I think that'll be an interesting kind of lingering question preview type thing. That, to me, will be an interesting to see how this plays out over the course of the Big Ten season is how those teams are able to make adjustments and can they can they stay where we think they'll be in the top of the league race with some of these injuries they're dealing with. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I watched a little bit of the Ohio State game last night. They didn't miss, you know, either um, – um, either of their players right now, but they're also playing Northwestern. So not real surprising. So I think it'll be something to watch with Ohio state as they start getting into some more of that, you know, top five, six teams in the league, if they're still out um, with Sheldon and now green for the year, if they're, they're out with them, you know, how can they, will they be deep enough? It feels like, you know, they, they're still going to be okay but that can really impact their standing as well. And, and, you know, there's always injuries. And especially as we keep moving forward here with the heart of conference play, I think that's definitely something to watch for, for all of our teams, which is probably still our lingering question. We didn't talk about is just exactly when Grace is going to come back. You know, we're hearing positive things about it, but hopefully, you know, we can get her back in time that we can get her back into the lineup. The team used to playing with her, hopefully in that February gauntlet before we get into to tournament play. Um, I agree. So, Jeff, anything else you want to talk about? Again, that uh, game is in Bloomington against Nebraska. It's on Sunday at um, 12, 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 Central on ESPN. But anything else you want to talk about with Nebraska or um, anything about today's game? Nope, I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, we'll just get some good programming notes and then we'll go to the last call. But um, just as a reminder, Jeff is keeping us up to date about all of our Hoosier alums that are playing in the pros. Uh, he does this in both our private community as well as our Twitter feed for doing the work. And if you haven't already, we'd love for you to follow us at doing the work. Um, Jeff was also out there tweeting during the game and giving us some nice insights from his perspective. You can find us by just searching for doing the work with spaces in between on Twitter and find us there. Um, assembly call radio on the men's side will have their normal Thursday night show later tonight. So be sure to come back if you can at nine Eastern for that show. And if you don't already as well, Crimson Cast is part of our back home network. You can subscribe to their podcast that they put out periodically as well. As for Jeff and I, we will be back with you uh, on Sunday at excuse me, on Sunday the 1st, right after that Nebraska game, we will plan on going live immediately following the game. So that will probably be approximately at 4 Eastern, I'm sorry, two, 3 Eastern and um, 2 Central. And again, we'll be going live right after that game. So just pay attention on Twitter and we'll help guide you along. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what is on your mind here for last call as we wrap things up for today? Well, I think it's something we've talked about throughout the broadcast uh, and the podcast, uh, Kathy and, and Quang brought it up in the workaholics. We got to use this as a motivator. You got to be mad that you lost to a team that probably at least on paper you should have beat uh, again on the road in the league, nothing easy, but I think you got to, you got to try and use it as a motivator and say, you know what, this one really stung a little bit. Let's get back and, and take our frustrations out on Nebraska on Sunday and, and really kind of get refocused. Now, they won't have much time. And, and traditionally, as you talk about uh, with Coach Moore in their 24 hours, they generally don't practice on the floor the day after a game. Of course, they'll be traveling back sometime this evening as well, but they generally, at least the kind of rule of thumb, is they don't get on the floor the day after a game, at least in a, in a competitive practice type they may get some shots up and i'm sure the players will go in on their own and get some shots up and things work on some things um so basically you're going to get one day of practice 
to get ready for for Nebraska. But you, you got to you got to start fixing some things, and it, and it, and the coaches are going to be trying to fix it. But the players also have to just have mm-hmm. the mindset that I'm not turning it over five times. I'm not turning it over four times. You know, it, it, we're going to take care of the ball better. You got it's just a collective mindset. Uh, of the players that, you know, to me that that's a, that's the big thing there. And then your offense is probably still going to flow as well as it has as you're right now, you're, you're hurting yourselves with all the turnovers. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that, Jeff. I think, you know, again, we weren't expecting him to go undefeated. I was hoping it wouldn't quite come here yet in um, 2022 before we lost our first game, but I'm not completely surprised as I texted you and Ari before the game, I said, I just didn't have a good feeling about this game. No specific reason or inside knowledge as to why it might be. I certainly didn't have any great premonitions as I slept last night about 21 turnovers. But uh, it is, to your point, you know, this is, it's going to happen. And the best thing you can do from this is go back, learn from it and clean it up. So uh, I think, you know, I think, I think we'll see that from our team. I think we have a really great coaching staff. And I think we have some players that have a great basketball IQ and great mentality. And I just don't see it from them. They have high and lofty goals for this year. I think they're going to be highly motivated on Sunday. So, Jeff, I think with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. So thanks to everybody that joined us here this afternoon, evening, and uh, listening to us and watching on YouTube Live. And if you also want to see us do the show live and be part of our chat, please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com slash assembly call. If you'd also like to be part of our private um, community, we would love to have everyone there. We talk about all kinds of Indiana sports, not just men's basketball or women's basketball, but we have some other good conversations around other sports as well. You can join today at join.assemblycall.com. A huge thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our logo that you have. We have a new one there up in the right-hand corner. We rotate a few of them. And a huge thanks to Bob Thompson for our new music. You heard that a few times throughout our show today. So we enjoy it. And um, most of all, thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you next year. Happy holidays and a happy new year to everyone. But we'll be back with you again on Sunday to talk IU hoops. Until then, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. done yeah we're out of here we need one of those little cameos like you know it's like ryan that's it i'm out of here you know i know <laughs> yeah so thanks to, to everyone who was here i know yep. you know people still have to work and all that kind of stuff so i'm sure it wasn't all easy for a lot of people to get get on um and watch the game at that kind of a tip time on an afternoon so i'm um, happy that our game's not going to be on big 10 plus again i will live with commercials if i can actually see the whole game which will be really a neat thing was this our last one on btn plus you know i don't have my schedule with me um that has the tv schedule on it i if it has to be one of the the last remaining ones so yeah i don't have it i'm sure ari knows if he's still listening off the top of his head but yeah thanks everyone for listening we'll talk next year though thanks everybody we'll we'll talk on sunday january 1st